0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempe, and if you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. If you are a new friend, we're so glad you found us. Before I get started, I wanted to remind everyone that we have a wonderful in person workshop coming up with Dr. Stacy and I on the 13th of October, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Dr. Stacy and I will be conducting an in person workshop, and you are invited. This will be from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon, and we will be discussing all the things that we talk about here on our show, including social media and smartphone issues, as well as video game issues. You do not want to miss this. This is a perfect time for you to be able to ask us questions live in person. It will be the best investment that you make for you, not only yourself, but for your kids. But you know, parents, you need a break and you need to get away and sort this out. So, so excited. I want y'all to come and just want you to know that everyone is welcome to come. So this time of year, I feel very compelled to talk about this issue of gaming and boys. Because as you know, our oldest son dropped out of college due to his gaming addiction. So this time of year when everyone is off to college and even even high school and all the different things that kids are getting involved with, it just really makes me remember that nosedive that boys can take when they get out from under your roof, so to speak. So I just cringe. And I promised myself years ago that I would never forget that feeling Of what that pain is like when you send your high school kids off to college only to find out that they are gaming and they may not be going to class. So I was thinking I should have done this podcast this summer, but a friend of mine reminded me that this is the great time of year to do this podcast because everyone including your elementary age kids, your middle school age kids, and of course your high school age kids. Everyone needs to know about this issue now and think about this topic now before it's too late when you still have time to do quite a bit about it. So if you have a high school age uh, boy, or even of course a college age boy, this podcast is going to be for you. But Don't hit that pause button because if you have an elementary age son or a middle school age son, you are going to learn so much. This is going to be like getting the answers to the test before you take the test. So let's get started. Will your gamer survive college? Or actually, I think I should title this podcast, just Will Your Gamer Survive? How about that? (laughs) That's a good title for it. And I'm going to be solo today. I don't have a guest I want to just share some things that I jotted down on our way home from Parents Weekend. So I thought I would just jump on here and share this today. First, let's just set the stage. The gaming problem is getting worse in our culture. And I know we don't want to hear the bad news, but the fact of the matter is, The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics actually have some statistics on this, and they say there is a big increase in gaming for young men, that the increase has gone up between the ages of 15 and 24. It's actually, according to one graph that I have, it's almost two hours a day. And then I have some other statistics that say among men ages 15 to 24, who spent at least some time playing video games on average, Um, in 2022, the average time spent is now 3.82 hours a day. So it's getting worse. It's not better. And this increase in leisure time in video gaming and reduced labor supply of young men may be partially due to the improved quality of the video game. So now, you know, you could argue and say, okay, it's improved quality, but um, I just think they're getting more enticing and more addictive. So we know that back in the day when maybe 10 or 15 years ago, kids were getting in on video games, they were not the same games that they are today. But playing too much, as we know, can cause serious problems Kids are getting bad grades, they're having higher rates of anxiety and depression, there's a lack of motivation and purpose in their life, and that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit more about today. They are becoming more irritable and moody and even aggressive. Gamers are in trouble when you know they, they just can't stop playing, when they are playing more and more over time, when they get angry, when they're forced to unplug. They're isolating from your family and their friends. They're staying in their room all day. And of course, when they go off to school, this becomes even a bigger problem. There is poor hygiene. They have problems with their sleep schedules. They are becoming the game character. And if you're a parent who has ever lived with a really intense gamer, you know what I'm talking about here. So the world around them, their game world is actually becoming the real world. And like my son used to say, my oldest son used to say, you know, my game world was where I wanted to live and the real world was just a nuisance. And then we sent them to college and, you know, let me tell you, the reason why we sent our con- son to college, of course, he wanted to go and he uh, was really wanting to go, I think more because he wanted to play his game more without me setting the kitchen timer for him. But there was, I'll have to admit, I'm not going to lie about this. I was kind of ready for him to launch and get out of the house so um, so we could quit having so many arguments about it. So we really thought that college was going to fix the problem, but it made it worse. And then Adam told me something really profound after all of our ups and downs with his gaming addiction in college. And we kind of got to the other end of it, you know, years later, he told me, mom, on your 18th birthday, when you turn 18, you don't just get out of bed and all of a sudden become a different person. And that really stuck with me. So the show today, what I want to do is go through these four things that I wrote down on our way home from Parents Weekend. As you know, Andrew and Evan, if y'all know who they are, they're our youngest boys and they have been on the podcast a good bit, but they are at college now. And um, so we went to Parents Weekend and I just want to share with you some things that I jotted down. I literally just took out some notepaper and I started writing down a few things that I wanted to share with y'all. So the first thing that I want to share is they will continue your kids will continue to do in college what they did while they were under your roof so they will continue to do what they did you know that fear that parents have that if they don't give in to things when their kids are living under their roof that when they leave that they will binge and go crazy like when they go to college you know that's a myth and that's a big fear that parents have and, and I'm going to say I had it too, of course. I have four children and you start to think, and especially with Adam, my oldest, I started thinking, you know, this was one of the big reasons why we allowed him to game. Because if we didn't let him game, then he was going to go crazy when he went to college. Well, guess what? He did that anyway. So that's why I changed everything with the younger kids. But, you know, we all kind of have this fear, this nagging feeling in the back of our head that if we don't let them game now, that they will... Go crazy one day, gaming. That that's why we have to try to balance it when they're with you know when they're in high school and when they're in middle school. We just want to teach them how to balance it. And of course, you know over here at Screen Strong, that that we just don't believe that that works. And we have a whole bunch of reasons why that doesn't work. But let me tell you what happened when what I learned this weekend. Andrew and Evan are both. In the music department at their university, they're both at the same place. And, um, we didn't really plan it that way exactly, but that's just the way it ended up. And it's just been really fun. Actually, it makes it a lot easier on us when we travel for parent weekend. But they started telling us when we got there, all the things that they've signed up for. And one of them is the music department at their university. And, I mean, can you believe it that they're actually taking music lessons that they signed up for on their own? You know, all that structure right now that you're trying to get in your life around your kids' music lessons and they're complaining and complaining and complaining. Well, guess what? They grow out of that a little bit and they aren't complaining anymore and it's going to pay off. So when Evan was in high school, he loved to play the piano to relax. Now he didn't always love it. He had to get through middle school and we had to keep those lessons coming. And then he started liking piano a little bit more. But what he would do is he would play the piano as a way to relax. That was his downtime activity when he was stressed, you know, it was just his way to unwind. So guess what he does now that he's at college. He goes over to the music department on any given afternoon not because he has to, but because he wants to. And because it is the way that he learned how to unwind and de-stress. So he does the same thing. So the note that I wrote down is that what you're training your child to do right now to unwind when they are stressed, they will continue to do when they leave your house. So then let's talk about Andrew for a second. Andrew has signed up for the orchestra. Yes, it's true. I mean, all the days that we drove him to orchestra when he was in middle school, and then he went in high school. He actually signed up for the university orchestra, not because I told him to, or because his dad and I said, oh, you have to do this. No, no, no. He did this on his own. And he said, mom, I'm practicing an hour a day, (laughs) because that's what they require. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's way more than you practiced at home. He goes, I know, this is serious. And I have a teacher and I love my my violin teacher, and he is so motivated. So I just want to give you this little preview that it works. It actually works. They did all this on their own and they are loving their music. Guys, this is really hard. This is not just like a little hobby that that doesn't take that much time. It is a time commitment, but they are continuing to do their music because this is what they have always done. The next thing that they are doing or shall I say they're not doing, they are not binging on social media right now. So they don't have social media and they didn't have it when they were in high school. High school, But guess what? They still don't have it. And they could get it if they wanted to. They're over 18 and they could, but they don't have it. And I'm going to share how we have help them figure out all their phone solutions on a show coming up. But for now, I'm just going to tell you that this myth about binging on social media when they finally get to leave your house, is not true. It is not panning out for us like that at all. As I knew it wouldn't because I understand the science behind this. I understand teenage brains and they become what they do when they're young. So They don't have social media, not because we're pounding it over their head. Oh, gosh, you can't have social media. They just aren't choosing to do it. It's just not their thing. The next thing that they are doing is that they are making tons of friends. And I mean, I'm not going to say it was easy at first. You know, they're entering a big, huge university with 15,000 people. It's kind of hard. you got to break in. And things, you know, from high school got really easy over a four-year period, Of course, as they met new people, but now they're starting all over. But they're they're doing fine with this because they did it before. They'll do it again. They know how to make friends. And we went to a football game when we were there, and they were all dressed up in this theme outfit. And it was so fun because they recruited about six or seven other guys to join them. And they all had hard hats on, and they were doing this really fun thing. And they all sat together in the student section, and they got there really early And just like they did when they were under our roof, they are going for the gusto and they are leading the students even where they are in their small group right now that they are making with their friends right now in college. So here's the secret. If you want to know what your kids are going to do when they leave your house, just look at what they are doing right now in your house today. And that I will tell you is what will continue when they leave. Are your kids doing sports? Then they're probably going to continue to get into the intramural sports teams when they go to college or even just play football outside their dorm or pick up a Frisbee. Are they reading now? They will continue to do that. Are they gaming? They will continue to do that. And if they're on social media, they're probably going to do that even a little bit more. They continue to do the things they did when they were at your house. And the other thing that happens is they attract the kids that also like to do the things they did under your roof. Your kids don't turn into different people when they leave your house. So my truth to you is this. Your kids will keep doing what they're doing now. So this is why it is so important to guide them now and provide the structure that they need now so they can take those good habits with them when they leave. So the second thing that I wrote down on my list was I was reminded that college kids will do more of the easy addictive activities that they used to do because they will default to easy. And this was a little bit of a struggle maybe in the first week or so when Andrew and Evan got to college because they were trying to figure out okay, now my schedule is very different. My routine is different. What do I do? (laughs) They were trying to figure it out and they did figure it out and they're well on their way to figuring it out even more. But I'm so, I am so reminded when I um, was on campus about how kids naturally default to the easiest thing. So if my boys had been gaming, you know, when they were in high school and if they'd been on their social media a ton, that's probably what they would be doing more of if, I mean, when they got to college. And I was reminded of this because we were walking on campus down one of the sidewalks and there were parents around us and there was a a gal, um, probably a freshman. I think she was probably a freshman and she was talking to her mom and she was walking behind us and her mom was asking her, What was she doing? What was she getting involved with? And this young freshman girl said, well, I wake up in the morning and I don't really know what to do. (laughs) So I just pick up my phone and I just like stay on my phone for about two hours till it's time to eat and go to the cafeteria. And I'm like, oh no, she doesn't know what to do. I felt so bad, but it reminded me that that's what kids do, that's what we do, all humans do this, we resort back to what the easiest thing, we default to that easy button. And if right now your kids are on games and on social media as a regular part of their life, that's going to be the easiest thing for them to default to. If they don't do sports right now, then they probably won't in college. If they don't do social media now, or you know, if they do, how about if I say if they do social media now, then they're going to do more of that in college. If you're allowing gaming now, even if it's only an hour a day, they're going to be doing more gaming while they're in college because they're going to default to this easy button. And that's exactly, you know, what happened with Adam. So the truth is you should parent, not for what may happen down the road, but parent now for the value you desire in your kids what they practice, they become. And so the easy activities that we allow, just like if we give our kids lots and lots of donuts, then when they get to college, they're going to keep eating donuts. So you have to just parent with that in mind. The third thing that I wrote down was that their video game addiction will likely get worse. Any addictive behaviors that your kids have right now will likely get worse. And of course, the reason for that is because They don't have you there to be accountable to. They have also a ton more time on their hands. So they don't have you to help them as their coach, what they need, and they have tons of time on their hand. It is a lot to get used to. So colleges tell parents that, Video game addiction is listed in the top list of academic impediments, and it's right up there with drugs and alcohol. And I wrote a little book about this, Will Your Gamer Survive College? So go on our website and get that little book. You can get the e-book version or the hard copy version from Amazon. But I go through this in what we learned with with our first, that... This video game addiction problem is such a big problem that it is listed on the same list with drugs and alcohol and a couple other things they have listed up there that are going to cause your kids to stumble. And the other thing about the fact that their child's video game addiction will get worse is their anxiety and loneliness will increase if they are spending all their time in their room on a video game. They are not going to get out. They are not going to meet people. Uh, They're not going to get enough sleep, which is also going to make them feel very anxious. And then all this, as you can see, starts to spiral. So I don't know if you knew this, but students with video game overuse habits are one of the highest risk categories for dropping out of college their freshman year. So what that means is more freshman kids will drop out of college due to gaming their freshman year than any other year. Now, I I don't know. I would imagine that if your gamer games all through their freshman year and they continue to game through their sophomore year, then they're probably going to drop out. That rate's going to get high their sophomore year, too. But the reason why is because they're not really leaving their rooms. And, you know, every university is the same, even where my boys are. I mean, everywhere we go, when we went on our college visits, We did a lot of visits um, last year. We would visit while the students were there, of course, while they were in session, and we would go down the halls and we would just see all these kids gaming. I'm like, "Where, where are they supposed to be? Aren't they supposed to be in class? And the really weird thing, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, if you've ever been on a college campus, but a lot of times they will get like a suite and they will put like four or five huge screens in one room and they will pile all the bunk beds in the other room. So they make these gaming dens. And it's so weird to me <laughs> that that this is such a thing. And if you haven't ever seen it for yourself, it's really hard for me to describe, but this is not the way that college is supposed to be. I, I just really struggle when I see this because college is the time when you're supposed to be out meeting people and really getting to know friends that are going to become your lifelong friends for the rest of your life. But you certainly can't do that when you're sitting in your dorm room in a in a gaming den and just gaming every spare minute you have. Because remember, you do have a lot of spare time while you're in college. So Tracy Markle, we have had Tracy on our, on our show before if you look in our podcast list, but she is the founder of Collegiate Coaching Services. And some of the things that she reminds me when we talk, I have a few quotes from her. She said, "When we conduct our initial assessment on how male clients, on our male, on our new male clients, seventy-five percent of them have some level of computer gaming and/or internet abuse issue that contributes to the original presenting problems, such as poor academic performance, difficulty concentrating, and social anxieties." addition to that, she says that gaming overuse is a primary factor in student academics, mental health, and social problems on campus, that technology overuse has a negative impact on student isolation problems, grades, depression, lack of self-care, poor diet, sleep problems, and substance abuse. that it even leads to substance abuse. So this is something that has been studied for a long time. This is something that counselors have been dealing with for a long time. But until it hits you, until it's actually happening in your house and it's your child and they're actually graduating and they're going off to college, it's hard to get your head around these truths. When it hits you, all of a sudden it becomes really real. So your son, even if he's only in first grade right now, if he's in middle school right now, if he's in high school right now, if he's gaming right now, he will likely game more in college than he ever did at home. Know that he may sacrifice social time with real people, deny himself sleep, skip classes and exchange classwork demands for his gaming you're creating habits. That's really what this whole thing is all about. So let's review a couple signs that a college student gamer may be headed for trouble. Number one, he doesn't leave his dorm room for much, um, but meals maybe. (laughs) Um, And maybe he does leave for classes, at least initially, but then he comes straight back to game. So he just stays in his dorm room, all the time. And I think this is a huge phenomena that we're seeing across every college campus. And we see it in our neighborhoods too. We don't see kids out and about and playing and riding their bike. And on college campuses, we're seeing fewer kids, fewer teenagers, fewer, I guess, apprenticed adults is what we call them while they are in college. Because just by the way, remember, they are not adults. They are apprentice adults while they are in college, but we're not seeing them out and about as much because they're in Their rooms. Number two, he's more concerned about his friends at home instead of making new friends at school. And he may still be gaming with friends from home while he's not making new relationships at college. The third thing is he doesn't date much or even talk to girls. He's kind of socially awkward. Number four, he pays little attention to his hygiene or his living space. He may not be doing his laundry, may not be changing those sheets till Christmas. And in general, he's just kind of unkept. Number five, he's spending more money on takeout food and he's going to the dining hall less. This is one way, parent, if you want to try to figure out if your son is struggling, find out if he's really going to the cafeteria to eat or if he's ordering takeout food. Number six, he sleeps less and he actually may be taking over-the-counter stimulant drugs to stay awake. Number seven, he's avoiding campus social groups. He's not getting into clubs. He's not in a study group. He's exchanging all that for more game time. Number eight, he's lying to his parents about the amount of time that he's spending on his game and his low grades. He may be hiding his low grades because once you're in college, it's not mandatory that your parent sees all your grades. In fact, it's kind of hard. Number nine, he's showing signs of depression. He may be sounding kind of down when you talk to him. And part of that is because he's not getting enough exercise. He's not getting out. He's not socializing. He's overdosing on his gaming drug. And number 10, he is only enjoying his games and he has not much to report as far as other clubs or hobbies that he's getting involved with at school. So we've kind of outlined A bunch of problems so far. I've kind of given you the bad news. And now I want to switch into some good news here because I wrote some of these things down too when we were on our way home. I I was just so, so thankful that Andrew and Evan have just continued to do the things that we think are productive for them. But like I said, I my heart is so full right now, this time of year, for the kids who are getting stuck further in their screen jail, we call it, uh, in in their gaming world. So, what are the solutions? What happens now if you have a college gamer, or maybe you have a friend who has a college gamer that you need to share this podcast, or maybe it's a nephew, or just someone at your work? You know, it may not be your middle schooler right now. Obviously, they're not in college right now, but. Let's talk about some of the solutions and some things you can do right now. We have to take it seriously. First of all, I have to just tell you, and you'll hear me just say this over and over and over. This is not a habit that's easy to outgrow. It doesn't disappear magically. He doesn't, like Adam said, become a different person when he wakes up on his 18th birthday. He is an apprenticed adult. Remember, he's not an adult. He still needs your guidance and your wise counsel. You don't need to helicopter. And that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about coming alongside your child and offering solutions and still being there to put guardrails up and help them. And this is where in our child's phase. When are in our children's um, phase of development, where as parents, conversations become more and more important. I know that we talk a lot about conversations and how they don't work very well when your kids are in middle school and high school, and that is the truth. And I will stand by that all day long. You have to have structure. You have to, like a coach, structure things, and conversations are kind of part of that. But as your kids get older, conversations become more important, and and they hold more weight. So these are some things that I jotted down that I feel like are really important solutions. If your child has not headed to school yet, and maybe they're taking a semester before they go, or maybe they have a gap year right now, I will tell you a few things I think are really important to start a detox as soon as you can. And this does mean cold turkey. And I know may not be easy but um, if you go to our connect forum you can get our free 30-day detox there and you can get in that connect forum and talk to other parents that are doing this but start your detox wherever you are on the scale if your kids are still under your roof start this gaming detox now so you can start replacing gaming with better hobbies the second thing to consider as part of one of these initial solutions I was thinking about is to consider a gap year. So if your kids are, you know, if they're not um, in college yet, consider a gap year until his gaming is under control. Don't assume that college will help him outgrow his gaming because this gaming addiction is real. It has physical and chemical and emotional components to it. And he may need help or even a, even some professional help to help him or under your guide, he may be able to just start to control this gaming habit at home. But again, I'm going to say it over and over. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse when he goes to school. This is a time also to strengthen your family attachment and to help your college bound child recognize that he will continue to be a part of your family once he leaves your house. So you want to start little things now to continue to strengthen The family attachment. And this may be things like mom or dad, maybe you spend regular time every week taking your particular child um, out by yourself or a bike ride or a walk or to go get yogurt or do something special just once a week. This was always something that really was very helpful in our house. You want to also consider the influence of roommates. And this is something you do as prevention before your kids get off to college. But you want to consider who they're rooming with, and find out if they are also an avid gamer. If gaming is on their list of number one things that they love more than anything else in their life, then you're probably headed for trouble. I'm not going to lie. It's really hard to live with a gamer when you are a gamer and you're trying to cut down your gaming. It's very, very difficult. So I think um, in this day and age, it is kind of hard to find roommates that are not gamers, but it's not impossible. It is not impossible. You've got to try to look at this ahead of time. You want to consider his dorm assignment as well. You want to make sure he lives in a freshman dorm where there is an RA who is aware of maybe his gaming abuse problem. So if the RA is a gamer, then you may, you know, be in trouble. (laughs) But, but if he's not, you can say ahead of time, look, you know, he's really struggling with this and just have your son actually talk to him as well about, um, putting some things in place to make sure that he can get out of his room more. Now, if he's not in a freshman dorm, that's a little bit more of a problem. It's better if he's in a freshman dorm. So consider that where his his dorm is will help. If he's close to the activity where he can get out and walk around and go to class, easy and go to the student center, easy. Might be easier to help with his gaming addiction. Pay attention to his packing list and don't fund his gaming Mm -hmm. habit. So if your child hasn't left for college, or if you're in high school now, these are some things to think about, um, ahead of time because they don't do a lot of good to think about these things the minute before he leaves. So I would start telling your kid right now, tell your son right now that you're not paying for any of his video game subscriptions. You're not going to even, I, I of course would never allow the controller or the game console to be packed. Um, you want to line up a campus job, You know, it's very, very important for your kids to stay busy and they can act like, oh, my goodness, I'm in college. I have to study. But their freshman year is generally pretty, pretty easy. It's a little bit easier. They do have time um, to get a job. So line up a campus job. Now, another thing to do is to pick out clubs ahead of time and really talk this through and do the research and figure out how they can get involved in some different clubs Um, finally on this list, I had no gaming before Thanksgiving. And so um, actually I would say no gaming, no gaming that whole first freshman year. But if you need to take it in increments, take it in increments. So do not let your gamer take his console to college, period. When he first is packing all of his things, just say, no, we're paying for your college. This is it. This is what we are. These are our rules. These are our guardrails and you need to get out and meet people. So here's some tips if your son is already left. So perhaps you're like me, your kids just left to college and you're, you've been in it about a month now and you're starting to worry because you're not sure that they're really getting out and doing everything they need to be doing. So the best tip I can give you is to step in early and of course, early prevention and all that is, is best for every addiction out there, but to start now and, and not wait too long till things get worse. Um, Right now, practically, I would tell you to have them bring their gaming system home at Thanksgiving and leave it at home. So if they made the mistake and they took it, and even if they're not telling you they're struggling, I would not recommend that you allow a gaming system to go back with them at Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is a perfect time. They can bring it home, collect it then, and Uh, just say, look, we're just going to keep this home here for a few months and you need to get a little bit more involved on campus with some activities and some other clubs. And let's just make your college experience the best ever. Um, I would also, if they do have a smartphone, I would take uh, social media off their phone. if, If they'll let you do that, if you can have a conversation and just say, look, you can still have your social media, but it doesn't need to be on your smartphone. Take the app off the phone and it will Help them not reach for it every second that they have downtime. And of course, we love Canopy over here. We're going to be talking more about that filtering program. And it's called Canopy. That's our new favorite thing. And more on that later. You can go um, look at our website about that too. Under our recommendations for phones, this is our favorite filtering software, but this might be a great time to put this on their phone and all their devices to filter out content that you don't want. Be on the lookout for the danger signs and the warning signs and call them often. You want to connect with them often. I think a lot of parents think, you know, my kids go to college and we're going to cut the cord and they're on their own and I don't want to meddle in their life. And that's really not a good idea. It's not that we don't that we need to meddle and it's not that we need to tell them everything to do. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about keeping that connection really strong with them and think of creative ways to do that. Find one night a week that you can have a phone call with your college student. That is not overprotecting. That is perfectly fine. I would resist texting them all day every day, but I would have a in a uh, kind of voice phone call with them at least once a week and then something that we just started doing I just kind of came up with this because I wanted something to kind of keep our family connected now that all the kids are getting out and about and they're leaving the nest so we just I just in a little group chat on our um, text it's just texting it's not even on anything uh, social media it's just a little text group that I have on my phone once a week I on Sundays, I just put a little family photo, a photo of the week, and it usually involves one of our animals, but it's just something fun to kind of bring everybody back together once a week to remind them um, where they come from. <laughs> but if they are nose diving and they're gaming addiction right now, you may need to detox them. It is harder when they're not under your roof. So you'll need to plan this probably for the holidays when they get home. So start thinking now about talking with them about a no gaming break when they come home for Thanksgiving, maybe then all the way through Christmas and try to get six weeks of no gaming and just see if you can. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but start talking about ways to do this. Again, our detox is in our connect group and you can get more tips on how to do this. Uh, Another thing you could try to do is have them keep a chart on their phone of their gaming hours and even if they don't do it, it's just asking them to do it will raise awareness about the problem. So here's a few tips that, um, that I had written in a blog that I'm going to share about things that you can, um, uh, way, ways you can help your college gamers. So these are tips for you to share with your college gamer, just a few solutions to share with them while they were at college again, the first tip is do not game your freshman year. Just try to get out on campus and meet people and get involved. And, you know, just being out and walking around. I was shocked how many people my boys saw this weekend when we were just out. If they had been in their room and if we had not been walking around campus, of course, we're not going to see people. But when you're out and about, you just run into people, you meet people. It's easy to talk. It's easy to exercise those social skills, I, I think a college campus is one of the best places to do this, unless everyone is stuck in their room gaming. But it was Parents' Weekend, so everybody was kind of out, or maybe a few more people were out than normal, with, you know, with their mom and dad. Um, but they were at least out, so we were able to meet a bunch of their friends. So just try to talk to your your kids about raising that bar and just say, hey, you know, let's just think about not playing that video game this whole freshman year. Um, Have them replace some standard go-to activities and pick up some things that they can do. You'll have to keep like, they need running shoes. They need a Frisbee. They need a football. They need spike ball. They need things that are very easy to pick up and take outside. And before you know it, you know, it's kind of like the cul-de-sac in our neighborhoods before you know it, there are other kids that just appear because you know what, they're lonely, too. They don't have anything to do either. And everybody's looking for a leader for someone just to start an activity. And most campuses have a lot of space to do this. But talk to your talk to your son about um, just taking some things that he can easily that don't require, you know, a whole lot of planning ahead um, that he can easily pull out to do. Another tip is to have your kids join some clubs right away. Look at what your college has to offer before you, of course, even arrive on the campus. But starting um, mid-year, you can join clubs easily. And you want to seek out these groups. You want to help them do this. They may need some help. It'd be great if our kids were already adults with their fully developed frontal cortexes and all the motivation in the world right now. But, you know, they're not and they need some help. Another tip for your college age child is um, to have them hang out with people in person more out of the dorm room. So when they go to class, they can come back to their room and they can change. And then they need to leave their dorm (laughs) and they need to hang out at the picnic table or in the library or go to lunch with somebody to just get away from the environment. Because we know with any addiction that it's all about returning to the same environment Over and over again. And that is going to cause them to want to do that default activity, that easy activity over and over. Explain to them that they need to take some social chances, that they will never have another chance like this. Your first year of college is so unique, and you've got to put yourself out there a little bit instead of sitting in front of the console in your dorm room. The next thing is to have them. To talk to them about exercise. In fact, when you go to visit them, maybe you want to even go to the workout area, show them where that is and just encourage that. Now, if you've done this and if they've been exercising, and as you can see, the common theme here is if you've instilled these habits early on, it will be easier when they go to college, but it still doesn't mean that, you know, if they don't have these habits that they can't start to build them now. It's never too late. As we always say, when we know better, we do better. But if they're not getting enough exercise, they're going to start feeling bad and they're going to default to their easy go-to activity, which is their game. Uh, Of course, get plenty of sleep and tell them that a lack of sleep is going to make them more prone to these addictive activities and try to talk through their schedule with them a little bit. That's one thing that that we did um, when we were at lunch. With our boys this weekend, we just had each of them kind of just go through their schedule and what days they had a heavy schedule and what days they didn't and what they were doing on different days. And it was just really interesting to be a part of that conversation. And if your child is not used to making schedules, this is a great time to have them make a schedule and learn the value of having a schedule, even scheduling their downtime. So as soon as their classes are done, maybe they're done at one o'clock, on a couple of days a week, then you have help them talk through. Hey, what's a good thing to do now that you've been on campus for a month? What's a good thing to do between the hours of one and six? And just kind of have them think through that a little bit. So, solutions for prevention for younger children are obviously our whole Screen Strong program. If you have a first grader, a middle schooler, or a high schooler, you can prevent these college screen problems right now. All of the same things we just talked about above. Do the detox now if you need to um, while they're young. It's so much easier. I think one of the best tips is to have your kids, even when they're in third, fourth grade, start making their schedule for their downtime, how they're going to spend their downtime um, and what they're going to do the, with, and what activities they're going to do there. And, and also encourage them to get in interesting hobbies. So you have to care now because remember what they do now, they will do in college They will not outgrow it. Little gamers grow up to be big gamers and prevention is the key. This is more urgent than you may think. Even a little bit of gaming right now, trust me, is going to like a snowball, get bigger and bigger. So by the time they get to school, by the time they get to college, you may have a college gamer on your hands. And this is a problem if they are... Crossing that line where they're becoming more and more dependent and even addicted to that game. So, we do have our book, Will Your Gamer Survive College? And I should change the title, like I said, and I should say, Will Your Gamer Survive Life? So, please grab that if you haven't gotten that yet. Remember, they're going to continue to do what they did under your roof. They will more than likely. Do the easy activity over the hard activity. Their video game addiction and their screen addiction will get worse and you have to step in early. So those are the things I wanted to share with you today. And I do want to just offer some encouragement that you can do this. You can fix this problem now. You are not alone. Everyone is struggling with this on some level go into the connect group and get that free 30 day detox to start. And then look at coming to Charlotte on October 13th to talk to Dr. Stacy and I, but you have found your people over here. We will help you. So I want to encourage you, of course, that you're not alone. We will help you however we can. Many of us have been there and we've got your back and we really, 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 really want to help all of our listeners avoid the pain of raising a gamer that drops out of college when they go to college. And I know that that just sounds like that will never happen to you. And trust me, we thought it was never going to happen to us. And it did. So thank you all for listening today. If you have any questions, please email us at team at screenstrong.com dot org and remember to subscribe to our connect group. What's your homework to share this podcast with your friends and subscribe to our site. We send a short email out twice a month. We want to also remind you to get the student course. We explain all of this to your middle school kids about gaming and phone addiction. So we're helping you have the conversations early and start directing and guiding and structuring their habits, so they won't end up with a screen addiction down the road. In fact, you can gather your friends and start your small group on this. We have bulk rates for your school as well. Sign up for the workshop in October. And the final bit of homework is to pack up your video game consoles now. And just how about if you toss them till after college? (laughs) Let's say they don't even need to worry about them till after they're done with college. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong.